Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Regular listeners know I'm always talking on the podcast about how well theater goes with alcohol. So naturally, combining a pub crawl with Shakespeare scenes in bars... I had to do an episode. I sat down with two of the directors working on New York Shakespeare Exchange's current edition of Shakespeare before a recent performance. Take a listen. Welcome back to the podcast. I have two returning guests, which is fabulous, but a show that, uh, unlike most of Go See a Show, I've not yet seen, so this will be a fabulous and interesting podcast. I'm learning along with you, audience. Uh, Welcome back. I have with me... Kim Crane. And Ross Williams. And what did you all do on what? What is this that is about to happen here? Uh, This is uh, a Shakespeare pub crawl with New York Shakespeare Exchange. And I produced it and am acting in it. And I'm the artistic director of New York Shakespeare Exchange. uh, And I also directed in this crawl and helped curate the scene choices and things like that along with Kim. Uh, and it's Shakespeare, NYC's original Shakespearean pub crawl. I was going to say, I hope you get that Shakespeare thing in, because that's, yeah. that's why I wanted to be here and why I'm very disappointed I'm not going to get to see the show. So you have to paint a picture for me. What am I about to miss? Uh, you said scenes. Uh, is this like multiple different scenes? You're not doing one show, right? Yeah, we, this is kind of a sample platter of Shakespeare uh, in a way. We do... It's like, you know, ordering the bar mix, right? The fried food mix, <laughs> yeah. but at different bars. And a little a little healthier, maybe, than fried food? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, we, uh, we go to four different bars, and this week we're in Hell's Kitchen. Um, and at each bar we spend 45 minutes, and then in the middle of the time at the bar, a bell rings and a scene erupts in the middle of the crowd. And this happens all over the place. So you might have the person sitting next to you might jump up onto the bar top and become Juliet. And then you realize that the Romeo is across the room and it becomes very immersive and and very, uh, the bar architecture becomes our scenery. So it happens all around the crowd. Uh, Kim's been doing this for years as an actor and director, but um, she's also one of our major star actors in this show, so she knows the the ropes. It's a a unique audience experience and a really particular actor experience. It is insanely unique because, like, you have act, like essentially actors slash spect actors who are there with you who become part of the cast whether they want to or not because y'all aren't closing down these bars to take them over right oh no there are definitely uh people that are here having brunch and then we come in bring a lot of people we do talk to them beforehand but it's a lot of fun and it it, i think it's great because it, it, it exposes people to shakespeare that wouldn't normally see it that wouldn't think like oh I, this is how I want to spend a Saturday afternoon. And sometimes we have people that then follow us to the bars, and we have people that have come to pub crawls because they were just randomly there before, and then they become fans. So you, you make sure to have cards on you, right? So as you're leaving, you're like passing out info, right? Oh, of course, yeah. It's uh, the we actually give out bar uh, beer cozies, can cozies. So everybody that comes to the show gets four drink tickets. Uh, that they can use throughout the day and a a beer koozie and so we if we have locals who are really into it and are very supportive and we call them the locals when we get to the bar how many locals are here Um, who do we need to talk to and warn them that we're about to stand on their table and do iambic pentameter we um, so if they've been especially supportive or they enjoyed themselves a lot we give them a bar koozie or or drink koozie and say you know come back next week find us online and 
Yeah. Or they can befriend my boyfriend who then has his uses his drink tickets and then buys them t-shirts. Right. That has happened. I love it. So I really love this idea of theater in public and theater erupting, um, but it's one of those things that uh, I've met a lot of people who, even theater people, who are very uncomfortable with the idea of, like, I don't want to be in the midst of things. Uh, I want you to be on stage and I want a fourth wall. Um, how do you, does the alcohol help? Is that kind of what gets people past this thing? Or how do you get people used to this idea of like, it's totally okay for the theater to happen in a space like this? So I think there's two things. One, the alcohol certainly, uh, people get lubricated and they're ready to go. But I also just think it's the nature of Shakespearean language. And with the, when Shakespeare was writing, there was no such thing as a fourth wall. There, there was a direct relationship between the characters and the audience at all times. And so we're doing audience participation. I put that in air quotes because it's not the kind of thing where we're going to say, okay, you have to stand up here and put on this hat and everyone's going to point and laugh. It's more just we're going to talk to you and refer to you and get you on our side. And uh, it is more up close and personal than the than theater traditionally can be seen. But the literature and our acting style makes it easy for the audience so that they don't feel put on the spot or anything. Sharing. I think it's just sharing and it's something that I have learned to take with me when there is a fourth wall. That the audience is there. We're not on a film set. That's why we do theater. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think it's really wonderful, you know, that we're, we're not pretending they aren't there. They are there and we're talking to them and it makes the language more active and the story pop and I think it's really cool. So yeah. do you pick scenes that like lend themselves to that and, and do the scenes kind of connect in a loose way throughout the four bars? Like what are the scenes, why do you pick what you pick? I would say sometimes we pick scenes that are crowd scenes and then we also have done the balcony scene, you know, and Romeo uses the crowd to woo Juliet and Juliet uses the crowd to bolster her you know but um, we tried to do a theme this month we definitely did yeah this month is all about political uprising scenes and um, ineffectual leaders and overthrowing tyrants and I mean I why would we yeah. do that can I have not been able to figure out how the connection point <laughs> like where is that that we came up with yeah so this is all kind of the crowd political uprisings and it's very fun but Again, going back to the balcony scene, the balcony scene is a very private scene between two characters, but Shakespeare was writing in a very public space. And so we, in contemporary literature, we have read Shakespeare on the page and we see the little, little italics uh, in parentheses that says, aside. And we assume that that's the only point that the actor turned out to the audience and said a line. But in fact, every single line in Shakespeare can be viewed as an aside. It's all about, did you get my joke? Did you, are you in this with me? Um, can you cheer for me in my moment of yeah, glory? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I like to think of uh, even the intimate scenes being a balance between the intimacy of the characters and the publicness of the, of the audience. Given the uh, extra components, that, that wild card of a live bar, four yeah. different live bars with different people in them each performance, I always love to ask this question whenever there is that, that element of 
chance. Uh, how do you rehearse? How do you get your actors used to this? How do you, uh, because you know some actors take to this like fish to water. Others are freaked out the moment they're put in front of uh, you know people that can talk back. So what do you? How do you rehearse? I mean, there's no getting used to it. I've been acting in these for three years now, and I still get very nervous um, because we rehearse. We do uh, read through, and we do text work, and then we rehearse in a studio climbing on blocks with no one here. Then we have a put-in rehearsal at the bar where we get to use the architecture. Sometimes the bar is open, sometimes it's not, but it tends to be slower. And then we go, and there's no preparation for it. It is so much fun, so exhilarating, super scary. Um, we have started in the last couple rounds of the crawl. We've been doing this for seven years now. So um, for the last couple, because we've been bringing a lot more new actors who really it is such a, an unknown um, when they have to perform this way. So the last thing we do is we'll have an invited rehearsal where we'll invite about 10 people, 10 or 20 people to come in. We give them a couple glasses of wine so they're in a festive mood. And then we ask them to stand around the studio as audience members. So it's, it's just a, a tiny sample of what they're going to get, but it at least gives the actors the opportunity to start communicating with an audience instead of falling back into the very contemporary tradition of a fourth wall because um, it is it's it's easy to go to that place that's you, how we're trained and you mentioned like using the architecture of the space uh, you might be able to hear it behind us we're in the opening bar uh, currently and there's a football match going on with the audio going uh, there is you know it's a very interesting place to, to set up a show period do you incorporate other design elements? Is there somebody running sound? Do you try to control things? Or is it just like the bar as it is? Well, we do We do not have music playing. Like that, the sound does go down. But other than, other than that, you know, the street noises, people coming in, you know, there's always sometimes somebody opens up the door in the middle of the scene and is like, what is happening? <laughs> That's my favorite moment, yeah. you know? And we try to use whatever is going on as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there may be, like, right now in this bar, there's a table that is standable and there are lots of tables that are not. And so as soon as those tables are clear, we have to switch them and move them around and rearrange so that we have the, the furniture ready to jump up on. Um, and we do ask that they turn off the sound of the TVs and the sound of the music during the scene. If they're not in the middle of a game that people are going to have a riot, if we turn it off completely, we ask them to turn off the TVs. But, you know, we're in Irish pubs a lot of the time. There's, and we, can, we, we schedule our pub crawls around things like March Madness or NFL games. We, you know, we know when bars get crowded. But, um, we did forget Eurovision. Oh, yeah. Yeah, last Wait, during the Eurovision competition? The oh, Eurovision yes. finals. We were at a bar in uh, the Herald Square area, um, and they were hosting probably the biggest Eurovision party in New York City. And there were thousands of people upstairs, and we were downstairs in a tiny... Like, in but a it was loud. I had directed the Troilus and Presta scene, and it just became about, you have to be loud enough to compete a little bit with this volume. And again, that's one of those intimate scenes. It's two people falling in love and they're screaming at the top <laughs> of their lungs, I'm in love with you! Yeah. Yeah, and, and then something Stop would happen. I'm in love with a 
yes. You know, like, <laughs> and there's something happening upstairs with the Eurovision, and a cheer would erupt. And it would the the actor playing Troilus um, was really good at using those cheers from the other side of the room to be like, see, they want me to fall in love with you too. And so, you know, we don't add in a lot of improvisational language. We are very committed to showing Shakespeare in its pure, real language uh, space. But you can use the reaction of the room to, to improvise through the language, um, which is a big, that's important to us. We are a text first company. We don't want to to dumb Shakespeare down so people leave and think, oh, maybe I do like Shakespeare if I'm drunk and they dumb it down. Right. We want them to leave saying, I didn't know Shakespeare could be so fun. And we so. also don't want to negate something that is happening in the moment. You know, we don't come up here with these like rigid rehearsed scenes. We know we have a clear story to tell, but we're open to, you know, what if somebody drops a glass? And we also, sometimes our bartenders get in on the jokes, which we don't always know about. Which is really fun, you know? Yeah. I love the Eurovision Trollus and Cressida thing. Any other, like, great anecdotes you'd like to share to close out? Well, um, I would say with this crawl, because we're doing political scenes. So in this crawl, we have a scene from Titus Andronicus, a scene from Coriolanus, um, one from Henry VI, Part Two, and then a scene from Lope de Vega's Fuente Ovejuna. Uh, and last week when we get the audience chanting things like rise up, rise up, rise up, and the people are walking along the sidewalk out the windows and they're looking in like, what is this? What's happening in there? There's some sort of political rally. Or they see you know, Kim standing on the bar about to perform a giant speech and they'll poke their head in thinking, oh, what could this possibly be? And then they hear that it's Shakespeare. Now that to me is when it gets really exciting. It's just this sense of Shakespeare can happen it can fit into our world in all kinds of places, and that's with the pub crawl, we are pursuing our mission of building community through Shakespeare, but we do it not only with the community we bring, but with the community and the world around us. You do have to tell the chandelier story. Oh, so yes, this, was a, this, this is a great one. So we had a, a wonderful actor named Phil Mutz was doing um, Malvolio right? in the yellow stocking scene from Twelfth Night. Um, and he comes out in his yellow tights and is walking along this long banquet table in the bar. And Malvolio is a fastidious character up until that point, and then he kind of breaks his personality and comes in with this uh, over-the-top lover experience that he's not very good at. But as he's walking along this table, he bumped into one of their antique chandeliers, which is hooked up by three chains to the ceiling and one of the chains released and the whole thing swung down dumped dust all over the table and where people are sitting there with their drinks and in the middle of his giant speech giant speech, giant speech like one of the biggest speeches we've ever we ever put into the crawl and then in the moment he stops picks up the piece puts it back together goes into full malvolio like in character and then um and then uh, moves on with the speech and carries on. And the audience was just you know, beside themselves with how well he, he built it into the scene and used the architecture of the room. My first pub crawl, I was very nervous <laughs> about just everything. I was like, Ross, people have beers on the bar where I'm walking. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what do I do? 
It's like walk over them Don't or they will them. move them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was the balcony scene. And my Romeo went up before, right after my first line. I said, I, me, he's supposed to have a lot more to say. And he just goes, I'm sorry, Juliet. And then my next line was, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? And from then on, I was like, well, you know, what, what else can go wrong? We're fine. We just got to move through it. Yeah, so that was my first pub crawl. I love it. Thank you both so much for doing this. Uh, it is, like, I'm going to get the full title wrong. Shakespeare. NYC's original Shakespearean pub crawl. And uh, folks can learn more and get tickets and find dates and all that sort of stuff at? NYSX.org. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for doing this. Break likes today. Sorry I can't see it. And hopefully I'll be back very soon. Yeah, come yeah. back next weekend if you want. We have one more weekend, so maybe we'll see you then. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Kim and Ross, for hanging out before your show to chat. There's just one more performance of this round of Shakespeare from New York Shakespeare Exchange, and that is Saturday, September 29th, beginning at 3 p.m. The crawl will launch from Jasper's Tap House, 961 9th Avenue in Manhattan. Tickets are $49, but that includes a drink at each of the four bars along the route. Head to nysx.org for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Break legs. Don't break glasses. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>